Welcome to the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. So real quick, before I jump into the conversation with this week's guest, I just want to let you know what this show is about. Really, this show is just about all the conversations we, entrepreneurs, those of us who are the why notters, have around entrepreneurship. It's the conversation that you don't typically hear because you just see those fun posts on Instagram and Facebook where we're hanging out on yachts or we're making a ton of money and driving these fancy cars when reality is that's not real life. Real life is trying to figure out how you're going to pay bills, trying to figure out if you're going to make rent this month, trying to figure out if that new client really is going to help move you forward or if they're really going to bring you down. Really anything goes in these conversations and you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on these conversations that I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs. So grab your cup of coffee, grab your water, grab your tea, whatever it is that you enjoy, and a pen and paper because you're about to take some notes. Also, be sure to share this out. Oh, here comes my guest. Talk to you soon. I'm good. Catch me up. What is going on with you? Because I see so many awesome updates online from you on all of the social networks, which is really cool and just crazy. So what what's going on with you? What's new? Um, yeah, um, it's been a very interesting time. I'm just coming up to my two years in business. It's, oh, congrats. Yeah, it's actually two and a bit, but um, it's kind of my... I think it's two years where I've really understood what I did, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, but what's really interesting is even from there, it's evolved. I think business is just always evolving, which is very cool. Um, but what I'm doing now is um, obviously I published my book in October last year, 2018. And so from there, that's led to me doing quite a lot of public speaking. Uh, so okay. I found this year, particularly, I've done more speaking events, which I now get paid to do. So it's become nice. a, yeah, it's become a business revenue stream. So, you know, another product I didn't really think I'd have in my in my my collateral, I guess. Yeah. Um, so so and more speaking, obviously, lots of lovely book sales. That's gone down a storm, and I'm so happy. Everybody loves it. And then the last thing I've been doing is I've developed a, uh, what we call SME here in the UK, which is the small medium enterprise market. So these are kind of the smaller businesses from say, five million uh, turnover, this is pounds, okay. five million turnover upwards. Those kind of businesses, 25 plus staff. Uh, so they're entrepreneurial led businesses, but they're growing. Um, and I've developed a program for them because a lot of my stuff was for the individual entrepreneur. So now we're going into that place where I'm helping businesses to really look at their sales teams and their sales strategy. And then what I discovered was another thing that I talked about that suddenly became a brand and I've trademarked is the UHP. Because we always talk about USP. So your unique selling proposition. We've talked about that for years, Ed. I'm sure yeah. you have in the US. Yep. Um, and suddenly I thought, well, I'm all about humans and I'm all about people. So we should be really thinking about what's our UHP, so our unique human proposition. And that's now part of my program. Oh my gosh, there is so <laughs> much to unpack here. I love this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
This is awesome. Huge congrats, by the way, on all of that, and especially within the two years or so that you've been doing this. It's amazing. And let me, uh, let's just start with the book, because first off, catch me up on the book part of it, because that sounds like that is what kicked everything off. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, before the book, I was, I decided that I was going to teach people to sell, but not in the way that I had been watching uh, people be trained. You know, I didn't like this transactional methodology. So I created uh, my own emotional methodology, I guess. I like to call it the emotional glue, Ed, that everything together oh I like that yeah I know I liked it somebody actually sort of said that's kind of what you do and I, I've clung to that because it makes sense and then I created this live it love it sell it because this was all about what I believe is life skills our sales skills everything we already know how to do in life is what we use in terms of our human skills in selling yeah. So I created that methodology and from that I then decided to write the book about it because then having it in a book format meant that people could just pick it up and then really start to understand where I'm coming from. You know, when I'm when I'm waffling on, oh gosh, that's what this woman means, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's the sales road trip, is the live it, love it, sell it. And that's what it's all about, and that's the book. So that <laughs> and how long did it take you roughly to go from idea to actually publishing the book? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs that I've talked to and see online, they're all about trying to get their book published and you know, going self-published, going regular traditional route. There's so many different ways and it's really overwhelming. So what kind of happened for you? Did you go self-published or what, what went? So um, the book actually was strange because I don't think I set out to write a book. I just decided I'd probably write a book about Dragon's Den. So yeah. just to throw something else into the, the kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, my previous business quite some years ago, I took on to, in the UK, we call the Dragon's Den. Um, now in the US, you call it Shark Tank, I think, Ed. Yes, correct. Yep. Okay. Good old Shark so Tank. <laughs> imagine that scenario. It's called Dragon's Den in the UK. And I went on a really early series of that and I got investment. And I wanted to write the book about that story because that's also my TEDx uh, talk story. Okay. But when I chatted to a particular writing coach, she said to me, I don't think your book should be that. I think your book needs to be about sales and about your live it, love it, sell it. So that actually the book happened um, in terms of, I never thought I'd write one. And then when I did write one, it wasn't about what I thought I would write it about. But I started to write it in August 2017, and it took me a year to write the book. So in August 2018, it was ready, full manuscript, and it went to the publisher. Now, the publisher I used, back to the question you asked, I used a hybrid publisher. Oh. The difference for me there was, with the hybrid publisher, you pay them a fee, okay? And that can, that can really vary, so you try and get a good deal if you can. And you pay them a fee to edit your book properly and professionally and set it so that it's properly laid out. Because I would never know how to do that. Right. And also, I wouldn't want spelling mistakes and grammatical errors in it. So you pay for that, which I think is massively valuable. And then they do things like help you to design your book cover. 
and equally to load it all up to Amazon and, and perhaps manage that side. Oh, cool. So for me, it was it was basically I'd finished writing the manuscript, I sent it to the publisher, and then within, uh, well, we published on 1st of October. So from the end of August to the 1st of October, I therefore had a published book. Wow. And that that is super cool to go from not even thinking about writing a book to writing a book to writing a book about a whole topic that you didn't think you would be on and then within a year have that up and running and out there like that just blows my mind <laughs> ed, ed i think we call it in the uk trusting the universe you know? yeah <laughs> definitely and and so this is totally how entrepreneurship works for all of us. It's, it's one of those things where we try to plan things out and we realize that actually most of the time it doesn't plan out the way we had thought it would. And so when you were writing the book and, and, and promoting the book, because I know I've seen you promoting the book a lot, were there other shiny objects pulling at you and trying to get you to be distracted and kind of take you away from the book? Or were you just... 110% focused on just the book. Okay, that's a great question. <laughs> well, there's, there's a bit of it that came, I think, at the point I was writing the book, actually, Ed. So when I think about the, the year that I, I took to write the book, I started it in August 2017. By Christmas, I said to the, the lady who was kind of helping me, she was accountability kind of writing coach. Oh, cool. I said to her that Christmas, I'm not going to write this book anymore. And she said, what? Uh, and I said, no, I said, it's rubbish. I said, everybody knows this stuff. You know, this is just bulk standard sales stuff and nobody's going to read it. So she said to me, well, look, have a month off. She was very clever when she did this. Have a month, have a month off, she said, because she realized I was quite tired and it had become a chore. And the moment that when you're writing, it becomes a chore, then there's, you need to stop because it, it's not coming from the heart anymore. So I took this month off and then I carried on writing again. And by the following month when we had our call, I'd got a date that I was going to finish it. I'd got renewed energy to write it. And I realized that people did want to read what I'd got to write. So that happened during the writing of the book. Once it was published, Ed, it just becomes almost like a, a wonderfully beautiful business card. And I think this is a really important thing to say because when people write books, sometimes they think the book's just going to make them rich. Right. Or they'll write um, another book or they'll write 10 books. But actually what happens is your book becomes the calling card. The book is what comes first sometimes before coaching. The book also can uh, become something you sell once you're speaking. So it's almost that added thing, you know, as I say, this valuable calling card. I think is a good way to sort of describe it. Yeah, and I would agree with you. Um, I have yet to write my book. I, I mean, it's, some parts are written and it, there's been revisions and stuff, but I have noticed over the last probably year or so that it seems to be that, that way where the book is what starts people for wherever they're trying to go. And it usually leads to the speaking gigs and to anything else that they build out so it's very interesting that you say that and call it you know the calling card because i think that's pretty darn accurate <laughs> it is really and and i think it's important that people understand the power of having a book 
it's yeah. like it's real authority ed um you know especially when you're speaking if you're a speaker and you've got a book all of a sudden when you get on stage it's like actually oh my goodness well she's written a book about this so she actually must be good or he <laughs> must be good and that's the thing you see that's what you have to remember what a book really is to you so yes it's a uh, mine's 14 pounds 99 to buy yes of course it's a revenue stream but it's so much more than that you can start using it in so many different ways and i think that's when you get really smart about books yeah well and kind of going back to what you had said earlier it basically is the sales roadmap for you because it really allows you to keep coming back to your core like the you know in case you start going off on a tangent or something you can have that you know like you took that month off you can have a little break and say okay i need to focus and figure out what is it that i'm talking about oh yeah here's my book and this is what i need to keep going back to <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, it's, uh, the other funny thing is, now you've said that, Ed, I actually read my book. I go back to my own book. And oh, I love it. Sometimes because it's really weird, isn't it? You wrote the book and sometimes you think, well, gosh, I don't really remember what I said about this. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's like I always talk about and remind people is that we have to pause and look back. We have to reflect on what we've done in order to keep moving forward and to remind ourselves that we actually accomplished X, Y, Z, and that it wasn't just a task to check off the list because we're always trying to make sure that we stay ahead of the curve and that we're on top of our to-do list, but we rarely take the time to look back and say, oh, I wrote a book. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, I can't believe I said that. I'm gonna have to use that again. <laughs> like, it's just interesting. Amazing, honestly, Ed. And you still pinch yourself. And gosh, it's coming up. It's not really that long before it'll be a year since I published it. Yeah. I still have to go, oh my goodness, I'm an author. I wrote a book, you know, it is. But, but it's such an amazing feeling and it's such an achievement. And the biggest thing is when you get your reviews and people write to you. You know, when you get a stranger, send you a message and say, oh my goodness, you've just changed everything I felt about sales. And you, you sit and you think, that's why I wrote this book. That's exactly why I did it, you know? Yes, and speaking of reviews, because you know I love having people share their feedback and I look at feedback as opportunities and strength, strengths and opportunities. Let me ask you, because so many business owners that I talk to, when I tell them, you know, turn on the reviews tab on their Facebook page and ask for testimonials and all of this, they're hesitant because they're afraid of getting that one bad review. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are around reviews and like getting a bad review. Maybe you have one, maybe you haven't, you know, um, I just know that that's a concern for a lot of entrepreneurs and I'm just curious what your take is. Yeah, I mean, again, what a great question, Ed, because it is such a good one. It's something we all suffer from, isn't it? That kind yeah. of impost imposter syndrome. What if nobody likes what I've done? That was, that's the yep. biggest fear, I think, when you come to publish a book is, oh, my goodness, what if everybody thinks this is rubbish? Right. Um, so I've been so fortunate. I've had amazing reviews. I've been very, very lucky because clearly uh, the people who have bought my book uh, bought it for the right reasons and they enjoyed it and it changed their worlds and it, oh, they good. loved it and so that's super but really interesting I, I posted on um, LinkedIn actually oh gosh several months ago now 
I got a four-star review, Ed. Right, you're going <laughs> to laugh at this. Because obviously all these great big five-star reviews kept coming in and it was really lovely. And I got this four-star review. And he said something like, I think the person, I think this was a lovely book, but I think the person who wrote it saw it as a marketing uh, exercise for herself. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness, how rude. And you know, as you do. And it was really interesting what I went through. There was the uh, self-doubt, there was the a little bit of anger, a little bit of, oh my goodness, he just didn't understand what I was trying to say. Yeah. But ultimately, actually, not everyone is going to love what you do, whether it's a book, whether it's your coaching, whether it's a song you sing, it doesn't matter. In life, not everyone is going to love what you do and not everyone will buy from you. So it's so okay. It's okay. And to get just one four star in all of those lovely five stars, it, it's okay. This man, I sent him love, Ed. I yeah. sent him lots of love. And that made me feel better. <laughs> and, and, and I love how you described the process because I know that that's how we all go through that process of having the, the quick automatic defense, like, oh, I can't believe this. And then it, we go through all of the channels, you know, and it starts rolling through. But then we have to remind ourselves to pick ourselves up and understand that we're not for everyone. And maybe they didn't read it correctly or understand they weren't in the right mindset. That's what I've learned a lot about this whole entrepreneur journey, especially in the last six months, maybe a year now, is that it is all about mindset and and being in the right mind space to understand what's going on and and I think we do that on a daily basis even when we just read an email maybe we're in a rush and we read something and, and we're like thinking oh my gosh they they sound angry they were super short with me like didn't they see that I wrote it or that I copied it or you know and I and I feel like there's those moments where we have to just breathe and say you know what I have to come back to this before I respond or before I write this review because I'm just not in the right mindset and, and I've got to make sure that it's not, I'm not going to regret it later. I think that's really good advice, actually. Just that's kind of take a breath, you know, yeah. pause, pause for a minute. Um, think about what this really means. Um, and actually, you know, maybe that guy did read it correctly for him in his world. Yep. And I think this is the other thing. You know, I talk a lot, you talk about mindset. I, I love I love mindset. It's a big part of my live it, love it, sell it methodology. I was going to ask you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also think it's about core values. And so, you know, I believe that how we really truly connect as humans is usually because we have those same values. Yep. And, and that's often the people who have read my book they love it because they get it because it's how I've spoken and what my thoughts were because that's what the book is so they've connected and usually it's because we've got the same values so yeah it's, it's really interesting the biggest lesson Ed is it's okay uh, pause breathe and let it go you know? yes I love that <laughs> <laughs> and tell me so we got the book and then we go into speaking and what are you speaking regarding your book or are there different topics that people are requesting you speak on like how does that go because I know speaking is a big one for um, a lot of people and it's a great it can be a great uh, way to get your name out there as well as 
a little extra income once they start actually paying for for you to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is definitely. I I would encourage almost every entrepreneur to think of it as a future revenue stream for them or part of their marketing mix, whatever they want to say, you know. But actually, we all have the ability, if we really want to, to stand up and speak. You know, most of us are fortunate to be able to do that. The, the beauty of speaking is I think there's two kind of categories, if you like. There's yeah. a, a workshop educational kind of speaking. So, you know, when you perhaps run a session where you give people elements to take away with them. Yep. You know, maybe, I don't know, three top tips, for instance. So they've got something to go away with that they actually action. That's what I call kind of a workshop type of talk. Love so it. I've, I've done a few of them. Um, now, the, the talks I like the most are what I like to call the inspirational speaking. So what happens with this is you're, you're planting seeds with your audience, okay? So you're really connecting with them and you're getting them to think, oh my goodness, what if? Oh, I never thought of it like that. But you're not really giving them the solution. You're just making them feel a little bit excited and a bit inspired. And actually, you want them to leave wanting more. Okay. So the, for me, there's two different types of talk. Does that make sense? Yes, uh, totally. I'm writing down that. I love how you <laughs> how you how you summed it up perfectly. The inspirational one is planting the seeds. Like, and as you know, I'm sure I have a hard time just planting the seed i'm like plant the seed water here's the sunshine here's <laughs> here's the the tools to you know trim everything and go <laughs> yeah let's give you the garden or the forest yeah yeah, yeah I, like, know. I know i'm like geez i gotta get better about that but yeah it's so true that having having that and being able to just open people's eyes up and let them see what's possible and and provide them those routes those resources to learn more and to get to the next stage exactly i mean you've got to think about the fact if you look at it with your business head on the reason why speaking in that inspirational space is really good is because you'll probably get rebooked because yeah. your audience go away buzzing and the second thing is you'll then get people come up and say actually i want more so therefore okay well actually we can talk about my program or you can get some books for your team or, you know, so then you, you're, you're then selling a product or, you know, it's revenue generating in another way for your business. Um, so it's a really clever way to think about it. And it's not conning the audience in any way. Audiences love this stuff. They yeah. want their audiences, any event organizer wants an audience to go away wanting more. That's really the ultimate outcome they want. So. That, that's the real gold of speaking, I think, is, is being one of those inspirational type of speakers. Yeah, and so by doing the speaking, this is how you got noticed by the SME, is that correct? Yeah, the idea for me now is that I now have this super duper SME program for these smaller medium enterprises in the UK. I mean, I work all over the world, quite honestly. Yeah. But if I focus just in the UK where I live, we have about 98, 99% of the businesses in the UK are actually SME businesses. So you see the amount of market we have to go at wow. with that. So if I'm then talking at a conference or a business show or you know some, something like that, where a lot of these guys are going to be gathering, 
then I've got this captive audience who are listening to me for 20 minutes, half an hour. As long as I'm good and I'm inspiring and I leave them wanting more, suddenly yeah. I've marketed to you know a mass of people in, in one half hour session. That is, uh, I'm like loving that. I'm writing that down. Good, leaving them inspired and leaving them wanting more. So true. Um, and when it comes to the different businesses that you've worked with and, and that you're seeing and experiencing, do you see, I guess maybe even more specifically with sales, do you see like a common links of wins or I hate using the word failures I always look at it as opportunities um, that come across because I for instance I know that even for um, people who are just starting out and sometimes people who have been in business for a few years se uh, selling is not necessarily their thing like for me I am so about the creativity and being able to just do the work when it comes to pricing and having to actually do the sale I'm like yeah okay well here we go like whatever it's just not my thing I can make it happen but it's just not my thing and so I'm just curious you know what you maybe have seen with other entrepreneurs or maybe have experienced yourself coming from that that background yeah I mean it's interesting my background is really interesting because I've kind of worked in so many different sectors um, you wouldn't believe I've sold so many different things that it's it's quite interesting really and I oh, feel like that's <laughs> super cool you should if you haven't done so already you should totally do a blog post or even a Facebook live or something that has basically the history that you've of things you've sold just to be like a fun looking at the different types because I'm already seen in my mind you know you've gone from infomercials to selling you know necklaces to selling crock pots to selling cars and all these crazy things and i'm like oh my gosh what else have you sold <laughs> yeah so actually that's a really good idea i'm gonna take i'm writing that one down it because yes. i'm gonna take that one from you <laughs> yeah you totally because i'm i'm doing the same thing not with my sales but i'm actually going to be doing the same thing with um my brands my businesses that i've created over the years because it's a lot of fun starting the process and building up things. And, you know, I had, cre I created both my logos, well, all of my logos and, and all these things. And it's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. And oh. it's one of those things where, again, reflecting on what we've done and be able to see how far we've come. And, and it's fun for new people to see as well. It is because then it's, it also tells them a little bit about who you are as a person, doesn't it? As well. Yes. But I think going back to that question, it's really quite interesting again. You've got some good questions yeah. here, actually. <laughs> I'm enjoying your questions. Good. Um, but um, I think what's interesting is because I've worked in all of those different sectors, selling all of those different things, which keep uh, keep peeled because I'm going to do a little thing on that. Yes. Um, I, I think what's happened for me is I've realized that sales is about people, not about the products you sell. And so that's where the whole live it, love it, sell it methodology came from, where, you know, we're talking about how we connect to humans as people, as opposed to the product we're trying to sell to them. And that's the difference for me in what I see. So I'll work with lots of different sectors and industries. It doesn't actually really matter to me. Yep. 
because I've worked in so many. But what I focus on for them is actually the people they have in their business, the people they're trying to sell to, and how they connect to those people in that lovely human way in order to get them to buy their solution. So it's like it, it doesn't become a sales process any longer. It becomes a conversation and a relationship. Yes. Yeah. I love it. It becomes yeah. a conversation. Exactly. Exactly. So the thing is, when people, lots of people say to me, oh, yeah, but what sectors do you really work in? Well, any, any sectors. I really don't mind what it is. I am not an expert in all of the products that exist in the world. But what I do believe I'm an expert in, having done it for 30 plus years, is how to create human conversation and relationships. Yes. And, and, and that's it. That's what I believe sales is. So, you know, when you said to me, oh, sales isn't really my thing, you know. Um, you know, I, I do it, but it's not really my thing. Right. Ed, sales is absolutely 100% your thing. <laughs> and, and it is because of your personality, of your energy, of your creativity, that's sales. Yeah, okay. and, and now that you say that, I'm like, you're 100% correct. I, yeah. and, and I mean, and to be honest, that, that is why, you know, looking back at, at history, that is why when I worked at Apple, I was the number one in sales, not because I was selling the highest, most expensive items to every single person that walked in the door. It was because of exactly what you talked about connecting with people, having the conversation and being able to really get to know the customer and what it is that they're looking for and maybe what they don't even know they need and being able to open those doors for them. And and it's huge. And to be able to come from that standpoint and that's, that's why I think we hit it off so well so early on is because we both know that we can adapt to any business, any situation, what we teach, because it, it just, it's basically common sense for us, <laughs> uh, because it's just being human and, and we're general, genuinely just people and we connect with each other and we love what we do and we can make it work anywhere. Exactly. And I think, you know, we tell each, well, people tell themselves this story continually about what sales is, yes. which is where then the statement that comes back is, I don't like sales. I can't sell, you know, yep. and I hear it again and again and again. And it's because they have a picture in their mind or a story in their head of what sales is, which is actually completely wrong. Um, and so that's why I almost strip it back. I like to untrain anyone who's ever been trained to sell. That's another <laughs> thing I say. Um, but that's also where this UHP has come from for me, this unique human proposition, because it's all about who you are. Yeah. Ed, if, if, um, if I met anyone else on the planet, uh, he would not be Ed. There would right. only be one Ed. Um, Thankfully. So <laughs> no, but, but that's a brilliant thing. Yeah. And yep. I think it, I think it is a good thing, but in a really positive way. But there's no other Jules White on the planet either. And and right. ditto and, and and you know, same for every person listening. There's no one else like you on this planet. And that's your unique human proposition. Now you start to learn about how you use that to connect with other humans. Now you're selling. And now you're selling in a way that no one on the earth else can sell. And that's the truth. And that's what we talk about all the time. I mean, you know, for even for my Facebook lives and stuff, it's like we have to show up 
we have to deliver our information and then we engage with whoever wants to engage with us. And all we can do is those three things, which is why I teach that to people is that basically it's not just business. Like I tell people, those are the three keys to success in whatever you do is show up, deliver and engage. And from there, everything else will fall into place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so now we have, so we have the book, we have the speaking, we have this new um, venture with the SME and I want to know how do you manage it all because it seems like that can be very stressful and time consuming just one of those and you got all of these moving parts and how do you manage it okay so I I think the key to it really is not having too many products yes um, and and I know that probably some listeners might be thinking well, well actually she's a service provider because I am I, I help to coach and train sales but what we do is we productize those things and we make them into a product because you and I talked about this Ed yeah. so all these things you've just mentioned are actually products that I, that I sell um, so not having too many is kind of the first thing I think don't have a hundred products because yeah. then it really gets tough and confusing but have yourself a portfolio of maybe three to five different types of products that you can sell, okay? This is just hypothetically talking. Yep. And that means then that you're not overwhelmed with all the things you sell. And so you're not gonna get confused yourself. And then the second thing is that every single one of those products connect. And so everything that I do is live it, love it, sell it. So my book is live it, love it, sell it. My online course is live it, love it, sell it. Now, you know, then I've got my UHP, which is my unique human proposition, but that connects straight back to the foundation model of live it, love it, sell it. <laughs> I've then got my podcast, which is called The Human Conversation. What's the fundamental thing in live it, love it, sell it? Having a human conversation. So you see, everything I do connects. Yep. Yeah? And so, that's important. It is really important because then your client doesn't get confused and you don't get confused. And if you're in a conversation with a client, what happens is you could actually talk about whatever products are relevant to them. And you're not having to worry about what it might be called or where it is or what it actually does because it's all connected. But it's about what's relevant then to the client. Yes. And so when you, because you're probably well into it now, but when you were building this because that's always the struggle right is that when you're in the mix and you're building this out it gets kind of complicated and you start thinking of well i have uh, i can create the online course i can also create the digital products so that i could sell t-shirts and keychains and all of these things and it's it gets overwhelming did you kind of back up for a second and just say okay where's my pen and paper let's map this out or did you work with a coach or did you just go off of the book? And the book was again, the, the foundation that built everything else. I think the book was definitely the foundation. So it was the single product. Yeah, yeah, because um, the book was Live It, Love It, Sell It. That's where it was born as, as the foundation, as the, the sales road trip, let's call it, Ed. That, yep. that was where it all started was the book. So I think everything actually came from the book. Um, an online course is pretty easy to do if you just do it as a one course. That's all I did. I never did 100 modules. I literally did 
a basic live it, love it, sell it course, video based online, you can buy it. So, you know, that serves that market. Um, and then the other thing I did, I did stop and take a breath because then I thought, right, I want to do my one-to-one -one coaching. I want to make that good. I want to um, really get that going in a way that I know works really well, which means practice and do lots of it. Yeah. And so I focused on that. And then when I realized that that was great and it worked the way I was doing it, then I've got that basis to move it into something else, which ultimately has been like my UHP, for instance. Okay. And so that's how I've built mine. And it has been over two years, remember. So yeah. it hasn't been that like I've just created five products, bang, now I'm going to sell right. them. Yeah. So the journey's actually been quite an evolution and an organic growth. And I think that's another thing. It's okay for that to happen. You don't have to go at 100 mile an hour and it doesn't have to all be done all at once. Uh, and that's okay. And that's so true. And, and because I love tying in the tech, ha when you first started the, with the book, we'll just start there. Did you have a website up and running? Did you have all the social media channels? You know, like that kind of aspect, because usually that's the struggle for people is the tech part and, and trying to get everything perfect before they actually launch whatever it is that they're they're promoting yeah so i started as compasio coaching that was before live it love it sell it that was way back when i first okay. started. So i just wanted to be a coach so i called it compasio which was latin for empathy oh cool yeah so that's that, that was where i started now once i created live it love it sell it and i trademarked it i realized actually compasio didn't mean anything to anyone yeah. So then I, I evolved all of my Facebook and my Facebook page and my Facebook group and my LinkedIn and everything else. Gradually, I made it all live it, love it, sell it. And then I bought the domain, live it, love it, sell it. And then I fed it back into my website, which was, of course, compassiocoaching.co.uk. So again, an evolution, Ed. Yes. But now, but now everything is live it love it sell it you know so everything connects back to that even my i have a speaker website as an individual website and that's live it love it sell it dot me and that's because then i have a one place for agents to go to which is just purely about my speaking my my youtube channel is live it love it sell it <laughs> so yeah See? everything's come together and i love how you talked about the evolution of it because that is the key that I think we all forget, myself included sometimes, that it does take time and that it evolves. The more that you are in it and that you're doing the work, you learn and you grow. You know, I, I always say um, that you, you, know, you have to start somewhere and then you continue to move forward by learning and, and applying what you're, learn, what you're learning because it's one thing to sit there and, and read a book or listen to a podcast or watch a TED talk or whatever. It's a whole nother thing though, to take what you just learned and actually apply it to whatever it is you're doing or want to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, allow yourself to evolve, allow yourself to, if you really want to, and it feels right, go into a slightly different direction. It's actually okay. You know, yeah. sometimes, we don't really like change very much as human beings. It, it doesn't, we don't like it. It's a bit fearful. It's outside our comfort zone. But if you allow that change to 
uh, feel good intuitively, let's say, then it's an okay change to make. And, and everything has to make sense and, and keep it simple. So imagine if you're the audience and if you're the client, I always say step into the shoes of your client. Yes. Does Compassio coaching make sense anymore? No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Okay, what does? Well, live it, love it, sell it does, because that's everything I talk about. Okay, now we need to make some changes. And to give yourself that permission is huge. Like, that is so awesome that you did that. And it's hard for us, because I mean, I've, I've done that before too. Um, it's hard for us to be able to say, it's okay to make that change, to pivot, because I don't know if it's the, what the messages we get from society or what, but it's it's always feels like it's not okay to change something because you know you, you have to stick with what you started because otherwise it's a failure if you don't. And it's like no, if you're growing and you're you're evolving and learning and knowing what it is that really you and your audience wants, then you need to adapt to that and keep moving forward with it. Yeah, because it is always about your client and your audience. It's not about you. Yes. And, and actually, the fear of change is our own. It's our own fear. Um, it's not usually even society, because it's us saying, oh, gosh, what's everyone going to think? But we're saying that to ourselves, Ed. It's only us telling ourselves that. Yeah. So it's, it's internal fear is usually the reason we don't like change. Um, it's that fight or flight thing, isn't it? You know, from those years ago when we were cavemen. Right. Um, it is, you know, it's, it's how our brain works. Our oldest part of uh, our brain, the limbic part of our brain, that's what it does. It says, actually, we're safe. We don't need to change. Just stay still here. <laughs> don't move. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And <clears throat> so what do you have next in the works? Is it just uh, focusing on the uh, SME or do you have some other big things in the works? No, I, there's nothing overly big now. I think, again, going back to what we've already said, it's about me now um, just uh, honing in on making everything I've already got even better. Yeah. So I'm not going to be inventing anything new for the foreseeable future that I know about yet. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it's about my book. My book still exists, and a lot of people still haven't seen it and don't even know about it so it's that ongoing promotion my speaking if I can keep evolving my speaking I'm going to absolutely love that because I just enjoy it so much yeah. and then also the SME programs if I can get some of those going through the year and make a real difference for businesses to see sales in a different way then I'm, I'm, I'm happy I'm a really happy entrepreneur if all of those things carry on I, I would say so too and, and let me ask you one more thing about the um, the book part when you are because you brought up a great point that you know obviously still getting people to be aware of it is still a task and and it's one of those things that you know in today's world we think oh well if I posted about it on social media one time today or five times today or 20 times this week the whole world should know but in reality mm -hmm. they really don't so yeah. how are you going about the marketing efforts um, in terms of your getting your book out there just so people can be aware of it 
I mean, again, it's very organic, Ed. I don't have huge budgets to, to and I never have with my book. I'm quite proud of that, actually. I've only ever organically promoted it. Um, so I don't buy a, a number one slot, you know, like you can. Yeah. Basically, I look at things like, you know, what have I been doing that's fun around the book? So we had a load of people. I have um, a book road trip gallery on my Facebook page. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so people who have the book take a picture of it wherever they're going or where they live or whatever. And I have a gallery of pictures of where my book has been around the world, okay? So, so that's something I can keep churning up every now and again and say, oh, by the way, did you know about my gallery? Have you had my book? Please send me a picture. Yes. And so that's another thing. So everybody gets excited about that. It's things like the recommendations. It's things like book reviews. It's things like book book awards. Enter awards with your book. Um, it's things like when you're speaking, make sure you can sell your book at the speaking event or even that the organizer gets 50 copies in the deal. Um, and then if there's 150 people there, another 100 will want the book, so they want to buy it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. It's always being on the end of um, being creative around your book. Have I mentioned my book lately? Did I, did I talk about a blog where I could then mention this is from my book? You know, it's Repetition. always about, yeah, yep. always about having your book in there somewhere in that conversation. Oh. Definitely. And that is why, again, tying it all back to the beginning, the book is what set the foundation and is basically your roadmap that you can keep coming back to for new ideas, for making sure you're staying on track, for whatever else comes next. Like, that is the beauty of it. And it, I'm getting chills. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it is so nice. And now I'm like, okay. The book. I gotta get the book going. <laughs> yeah, get your book done, Ed. I'll keep you accountable, shall yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's funny too is that I I have to look at my lesson plans because I created lesson plans uh, for Yes to Entrepreneurship, and there's you know talking about change and pivoting. There, there's the big movement that I'm working on with this, and it's gonna be big, and it's really cool because I wrote out the lessons with the mindset that that would most likely be the book. And so now I just have to go back and look at the lessons and see what uh, changes I need to make to, or to make it adaptable for the book. But it's funny because I think I wrote the lessons exactly like I would have wrote the book. So it's, it's really interesting when I go back and look at it. It's very interesting writing a book, Ed. It really is. And my book, it's obviously Live It, Love It, Sell It, in that order. That's where it starts with Live It. I actually wrote Love It first, then I wrote Live It, and then I wrote Sell It. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And, it, and it, it, you know, I'm not saying that everyone should do it that way, and that was the right way to do it. I'm just saying that's what happened, you know? Yep. Sometimes you just got to trust it and do it. And I felt like I could write Love It. That was the first thing I wrote. And then when I was writing Live It, it felt good. And then when I wrote Sell It, it felt great, you know? Well, and that's the thing, you as a creative, and even if you're not creative, you have to get in that creativity, you have to go with whatever comes at you. So if inspiration hits, you got to write it down. And, and you can't, you know, really go in your, well, it's not step number one. It's like step number 10. You yeah. got to write it down because you may not get it back. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. You know, don't be frightened to really let yourself go and be free when you write. It's, it's, a, it's a great feeling and it makes a great book. 
Yeah. So at the end of the day, it just needs to come together, which is where your kind of hybrid publishers or you, you know, even just a friend who's any good at reading it back. Somebody else can look at it and say, yes, it takes me on the journey that I want it to take me on. Because that's the point, that it yep. takes the reader on the journey. Oh, I love it. Jules, I could sit here and talk to you all day long. I hate to Me end it. Me too. <laughs> oh, I hate to end it, but this is so good. And we got to catch up more often because this is, this is fun. And, and I just love what you're doing. And, and yes, I want to see that blog post or whatever way you, whatever medium you use to, to do that. But I want to see all the stuff that you've sold in the past. And yeah. And I'll keep you posted, yeah, on the, the book slash lesson stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Dive deeper into the conversation with this guest as well as others by going to yestoentrepreneurship.com forward slash podcast. Over there, you will find a list of all the previous episodes, and I hope that you'll continue to share out this podcast, and please be sure to leave a review in iTunes so that way others can discover this show and be able to realize they are not alone and that they have somebody they can count on to provide value and motivate and inspire them to keep moving forward. Together, we can make it happen. And like I always say, teamwork equals success. So go out there and do something great because why not?